It's Murphy's Law that when we schedule a podcast for the first time early in the morning, that Evie, Jen's daughter, has to poop when she's in line for Starbucks. And then <laughs> Kayla's baby, who's been sleeping consistently till like 1030, is awake. By the way, Bash is awake. He was so sweet. I could hear him going, Mommy, where are you? So I couldn't not go get him. Um, and, and Ty said he'll totally get up with the kids. But for the time being, he's happily watching Blaze on the couch. Well, speaking so- of, that's perfect kickoff to our podcast this morning. Oh my gosh, that's right. Y'all, my kid's watching TV <laughs> while I record a podcast. Hmm. And I didn't even feel bad about oh, it. I still don't. Watching TV. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. We're welcome to Hi, My Name is Sleepy Moms this morning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Attempting to be We're sponsored by Yeti Coffee Cups. Yeah. No. I would take that. Yeti, you want to sponsor <laughs> Yeti. us? Yeah. Or Starbucks. We can use some. <laughs> Both. I don't do Starbucks, Starbucks in our Yetis. It's fine. Okay. Welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom. We're talking about screen time. We've been talking about talking about this subject for a really long time. The reason we decided to talk about it this week is because my kiddo has been in virtual school since the beginning of the school year. And as we all have been, I mean, everyone's been out of school since March. But this year, with school going completely virtual, all of his classes, all of his tests, all of his reading were entirely virtual. And so he would not only be on a Microsoft Teams class with his teacher, then he would do reading online and then do an assessment on all these various programs. Music is online. PE is online on something called Go Noodle, I think, which he loves. Um, And then all these other apps that we were given last spring to help kids keep up with school. IXL and Clever and ABC Ya and all of these educational programs, which I believe there's value in. But the problem becomes everything's on a computer. And so what I've realized is that my kid, who didn't have his own laptop, who had no idea how to handle a laptop, became very savvy very fast. And now he is completely hooked on his computer. We had to get him a dedicated laptop, which fortunately um, my my husband's parents sent him so that he could have a laptop to work on because he was on it all day. He couldn't use mine. I had to yeah, work. Like how could you ever work if you right. have one computer? That's like how we are with one desktop. Like I have to sneak in to get on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. The problem isn't just that he was attached to a screen, but that he also learned to navigate a computer like no one's business. He learned to text and call and FaceTime and mess with the calendar and get online and all these other things. And on the one hand, I'm like, wow, he is way ahead of his time in these skills that he's obviously going to need in a very high tech world. On the other hand, he wants to be on it all the time. It kind of hit me that we have like a new little screen addict and I would never have thought about getting him a computer this young. And then to top that off, Ty and I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, right? Yeah. The other night. And then I texted the girls and I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this. Yeah, it's brutal. We Somebody told us, I don't know, maybe a month ago to watch it. And we watched it in two parts because we were both, I think, so sick to our stomachs about halfway through. And what's what's interesting about that movie is not just the content, because those of us who 
work in entertainment or have any like real social media presence know a lot of this, right? Like we already know, we know there's a million Facebook algorithms and IG algorithms and how they work and how you can sometimes beat around them. And as soon as you know them, they change them. And it's like a a big nightmare. But what was interesting about the movie is that the people they had on, you know, it was like what the, the former president of Pinterest or like the CEO, first CEO of of Instagram or, you know, I'm getting those wrong, obviously, but it was the guy who created the like button button. and the the, the interesting (laughs) psychology behind that. They wanted to spread positivity. Ironically. It's the total opposite, right? It's like, I got freaked out at like the, the guy that there was like three of them standing behind the screen and they were plotting what ads and when to post just to distract people. I was like, Oh, Oh, by the way, Jen, happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. I was with y'all yesterday. So it felt like, yeah, but today's the real day. We celebrated Jen's birthday last night. So it felt like yesterday was her birthday, but today's the day. I'm so glad. While we're talking about social media, Facebook just popped up on my phone and said, Jen Meyer Culp's birthday today. And so thank (laughs) you. Facebook. Facebook was listening to you talk to me and was like, remind her that it's... <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. There's that guy behind the screen was like, I need to tell Kayla to say happy birthday. My dad was the first person that freaked me out because back in 2016, maybe before that, 2015, when we got our first Amazon Echo, we bought my dad and mom one and they keep it unplugged. And we were like, I don't get this. Why do you have this great technology in your house? And you like, keep it unplugged. He's like, it's always listening. And I was like, well, no, it's not listening unless you wake it up by saying its name. Right. And he goes, Jen, how do you think it's listening for its name? And I was like, oh, damn. To be fair, I'm not just sitting around listening for my name, but when someone says it, I pay attention. Right, me too. <laughs> me too. My husband's theory is that everyone's listening and knows everything about us anyway, so we might as well have the convenience of the devices. I, I love the convenience of Alexa. Okay, because there's not one in here. I have very strong feelings about this topic. I grew up where we had one 19-inch box TV and no cable, And it was a treat to watch whatever cartoons were on like the Farmer 5 stations on Saturday mornings. Or we would watch videos that usually we recorded in our own VCR and we would like have a family movie night. But like TV was not prevalent growing up for me. I loved movies and my mother knew that about me different than my sister. So I feel like she let me watch a little more TV. As an adult, John and I watch way too much TV. Before Loxley came along, we binge watch shows. Like we're huge TV junkies. And now that she's here, it's kind of made me realize how much our faces are in our phones and how much our faces are behind screens. And I'm very passionate that I don't want Loxley doing that. I don't want, you know, Christmas morning to come around and we're all sitting around on our phones. So I'm trying to find a balance from the beginning of how much screen time is in her daily life. We don't do any videos or anything on my phone yet, but John just started doing like YouTube kids, like and putting her in her bouncy. Screen time is something that I am learning to cautiously navigate with her. I think people want to label it as such a negative thing. Like we all do because we all see the negative sides of it, right? And when I was growing up, I mean, we had TVs. We had a TV upstairs for the kids, TV downstairs for the adults. Nobody had TVs in their rooms. But there was a point when I was a freshman in high school, maybe, yeah, maybe freshman, sophomore, where 
I could tell you from 7 p.m. until 11 o'clock every night on every single broadcast network what was on their lineup every night. <laughs> and it was like, it was awful. Like when I think back, I was like really proud of myself, right? And I remember my grandmother saying, nobody makes money watching TV. And now, you know, here I am like, you know, 30 years later going, want to bet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Just like we sometimes tell our kids, you know, nobody's going to make money playing video games. That's not really true. That's not accurate. It's, it's crazy. But I remember my parents had this little TV VCR combo that I was just obsessed with, put it in my closet. And I had this movie, this Drew Barrymore movie called Poison Ivy. And I used to binge watch it because I was old enough to watch it. My parents really wouldn't let me watch it, you know, because it was super like kind of erotic thriller. And when I wound up going to film school, one of my favorite film teachers had produced that movie. And it was so funny because it was like my life just sort of like came full circle right there. I was like my <laughs> loving existence. <laughs> I was a lot more regulated as a kid. My, my parents limited our screen time. We couldn't really watch TV in the morning before school unless my sister and I were like let's have a rush day and we'd rush to get ready so that we were ready early and then we could watch like 10 minutes of Sesame Street. And then at night, I can remember watching Star Trek with my parents. They were total Trekkies, but I didn't really know that much about TV lineups until TGIF. Oh yeah. When I, I lived for TGIF, but my, this, this definitely ages me. The computer lab at my elementary school was like super advanced because we got a computer lab and mm-hmm. it was literally the boxes with the green screens. And all right. we did was play Oregon trail. That was me too. That was so much fun. That's probably why Corey and Ty and Adrian and I really bonded in DC over Settlers of Catan. Yep. That's it is, why it feels game. very Oregon Trail. It does. It does. And then we had a Commodore 64 computer with like a floppy disk and we had a game. You guys, this is so sexist, okay? <laughs> Looking back, it was a Barbie game and Ken would call last minute and go, hey Barbie, you want to go on a date? We're going to go to the beach. So then Barbie gets in her computer and goes shopping for her date, picks out an outfit for her date, at which point Ken calls and cancels on her. And then he calls again for another date. And then it's a different, it's like, it's, you want to go to the movies. And so she picks out a different outfit. And then basically you win the game if Ken actually takes you on the date. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember when I was in middle school, I would play this MS-DOS game. Actually, it's probably as close to like Roblox as you can get. But it was, it was, it was a DOS game where basically you had to find this wishbone right? And you had to navigate this, this city just based on written verbal commands. Like you would command the computer to like go down the street and stop, turn left and go 10 feet and stop. And you would do it based off of a map that came with the game. Mm -hmm. And I used to love it. I spent hours and hours doing it. And looking back, that obviously would would be the kind of screen time that I really always would want to encourage for my kids too, because it, it was like critical thinking and problem solving. And, you know, same with really kind of Oregon Trail, right? And I think they have some games that are kind of similar, you know, with- they, a- Oregon Trail is back. Is it really? Yeah, there's a new version of it. Where do you get it? Is it like, a, it's not like an Xbox or a PlayStation game? I think right? it's like an online game now. Oh, look, the Oregon Trail Classic Reload. And you can play it at classicreload.com backslash Oregon dash trail. Oh my gosh, this is bringing back memories. Do you remember like half your party would die? From like distemper or something? Yes, right, dysentery. 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 <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Honestly, I, the games that we used to play, like I remember getting our first Nintendo and it was for the family and my parents teed it up. They were like, we have this big surprise for you guys. And when they finally revealed that they got us a Nintendo with like the duck hunt and the, the running mat and all that stuff, my sister Brooke bawled for like, 
I don't know, an hour. Out of excitement? Thought, no, she thought the she thought the big surprise was gonna be like all brand new clothes. <gasps> <laughs> so she just like bald, but we loved that thing. We Oh, we had one too. My mom loved it as much oh. as we did. It was like Mario Brothers, yes. Donkey Kong, but I don't remember being obsessed on with it, it all the time. Well, the other thing is back then, and my kids hate it, that I can beat the crap out of them in some market. <laughs> they can't figure it out, right? But the, you couldn't buy your way to the finish line. Right. I mean, you could have some cheat codes if you were really savvy and like knew how to find them. Right. You couldn't buy V Bucks or skins or like, I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even freaking know. Like, or you, you couldn't, couldn't buy extra weapons, extra lives, extra. No. You had to earn them or start over. And it's interesting because the Wii console, like years ago, there was a virtual console that came with the Wii and you could download older games. And so I have like all the first generation, like, you know, Mario one, two, three, all of them. Right. And when you die, when you're done with your three lives, if you haven't collected a hundred coins or if you don't have a one up, you're done. Doesn't you matter start at the beginning. Fun. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. This is old school we had a socrates i don't know if you guys know what that is at all no idea but i mean it's awesome if somebody is selling the socrates out there somewhere i want to buy it because (laughs) i just the nostalgia of them it's like a nintendo but it's more educational game based but but it was this little like computer gaming thing that you plugged into your tv and that was really special if we got time to spend on the socrates Do you remember when you had your first cell phone or or smart device? Were were you in college? Well, I had, I felt really fancy because the used car that my parents handed down to me when I was 16 had this middle console that opened and had a phone in it. It had a wire. Yeah, yeah. It was wired and it was for emergencies only, but I had a pager because I was a working kid. I was working on a TV show and how inconvenient are pagers when you look back? You had to find a freaking payphone or something. And I I nine one one page. See, you didn't miss a whole lot. To this day, Jonathan's passwords on everything, his phone, like everything, is the freaking code that he had with his girlfriend in high school on his pager. He's <laughs> never changed it. I'm like, can we change it now? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then I remember having a trio, but you'd still have to log on to AOL dial-up from the trio. Yeah. And it just wasn't worth trying to get on there. That You didn't check your email all the time. When I used to get scripts in LA, there was a messenger who would deliver scripts to my door. And then all of a sudden, I remember getting PDFs and it was just bizarre. I got my sister's hand-me-down cell phone when I was 16 and that was in 2004. So I, I had one just because I was driving and like they were a little bit more popular when I was in high school, but I totally missed the whole pager phase. I didn't get a laptop. We had a family computer we shared until I was in college. So and we then had, I think I had a desktop in college. So did you have computers? We had like a big box computer, like downstairs in our basement. Um, but we had typing class. And I remember I love screen time so much. Like I grew up loving it. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about I want to limit it for Loxley. I, I loved want- typing class. I loved, and I was really fast. And Me so too. I would get it done. And then you were allowed to browse the internet. And so this is really funny, but I actually um, – found the my engagement ring in typing class when I was 15 and no, I wanted the not. same uh, this is how girly I am I would spend my extra time going to like 
diamond websites and designing my dream like engagement ring. And I had it printed off. So thanks to typing class, I got the exact ring that I wanted. I definitely couldn't browse the internet when I got done with my typing. So here's what I'm curious about, because just playing devil's advocate, if you loved it so much as a kid and you remember it like very fondly, why do you think you have such a negative connotation in it for your kid? Is it because you don't want her to go the other direction or do you not want her to have it at all? Like how- You're not ready for her to find her engagement ring? No, no, no. I want her to have it and I want her to enjoy it. I don't want the addiction to start because I do think that there is an addiction with putting your face in your phone and like watching show after show after show after show. I know in this day and age that it's almost like impossible to stay away from. I don't want her to stay away from it. I just want it to be regulated. I don't want her to mindlessly just watch TV and not have any interaction in it to become an addiction. I've seen a lot of kids, they, they almost lose a sense of wanting to hang out and they, they're so recluse with just it's like their- real life isn't yeah. happening unless you're sharing it online. I, I don't want it to be an addiction. I want it to be a fun thing that she enjoys. And one of the biggest things that I feel like Jonathan and I just like, we try to like not have our face in our phones because we want to engage with each other. On Sundays, a lot of times I don't text you guys back until Mondays. And I think there is a good balance with that. The elusive balance with everything in life that we're always looking for. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I don't think it's negative. I'm not saying that it's negative. By the way, I'm not disagreeing that it's negative. Right. Totally be negative. I'm just asking you. No, I think it's a great conversation. I have warm fuzzies about watching my favorite shows or like mm-hmm. leaving the, the video, like, cause like the tape in the VCR and programming it to record all my children every day for like 19 years. Like I have warm and fuzzy memories about those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I want my kids to also like have that excitement to like watch their show. But the problem is we live in a world and an, an era of instant gratification. Yeah. So the only thing they can even relate it to is we've been waiting what a year and a half for the next Stranger Things season so that we can binge it and not have to wait, you know? So they don't even understand commercials. Rad will be yeah. like, why are we watching this? Yes, they don't get it. And the addiction is the instant gratification with everything. It's I want it now, 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 now. Even pictures. And- Do you remember we used to have to wait to get our pictures developed? Yeah. And now it's like filters and you have a thousand of each picture. You have to make sure you caught the moment. I remember a couple times growing up where I had a babysitter. She would bring over like a stack of 17 magazines and read them. And she would just put in movie after movie after movie for us. I think there's a healthy balance. Not saying that I won't ever use screen time as a babysitter because I think there is something beautiful about this technology that we can use that when we need it. Oh, yeah. Um but I don't, I don't want it to be a, a, cr- a constant crutch. I would get nothing done in a normal day if I didn't let Evie have my phone. After I drop the kids off, I give her some snacks and she takes my phone and she'll like listen to all her favorite songs. But that's a, that's a positive like, moment for her. It is a that's a good... But it is my babysitter. Like there's, it's either that or I have to hire someone. You sort of brought up a good point too. Like the few, the few times where we have a babysitter, we don't let them use their phones and we don't let the kids use their phones. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like there there needs to be engagement. But Jen, what I, what I also see is every time I'm at your house, your kids are outside playing. Oh yeah. I think you have an awesome balance. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know about that. We we might have a good balance, but our kids, I mean, they all have big TVs in their rooms and gaming systems and stuff that, you know, I mean, a lot of people probably really disagree with. I mean, for us, it's, you know, TV is like life. It is our livelihood. It is everything for us. So, you know, we've tried to let our kids have a sort of healthy appreciation for it. I mean, it's definitely gotten out of hand this year with, you know, COVID. Everyone's oh, yeah. so much more. The TV screen time bothers me less than the idea of my kids on social media, on YouTube. Rad and Bash love Blazing the Monster Machines. And there is so much cool educational stuff in that show, like physics and shapes and sound waves and really cool songs and stuff that I feel like they're learning from. I mean, Bash was like saying his shapes the other day. And then I'm like, oh, they had this song about shapes on Blaze. Well, it's interesting because Nick Jr., I'm sure you've noticed they have like a syllabus almost at the beginning of each episode of whatever you're watching that shows you exactly what skills that they touch on in those episodes, whether it's so cool. colors or comparison. And yeah. it, it is really great because you see, okay, this is like a healthy thing for my kid, at least. In yeah. yeah. I do think it's, it's good for you to point out that there are two issues here to discuss. It's TV screen time and social media. I think they're very different things. But the addiction can be I think similar. the addiction to the screen is one itself, but there are two different platforms of the entertainment, watching Which is TV, passive. watching shows. Well, the, the passive, passive entertainment. Yeah. Or and social media. Or internet where they're searching for things and they're finding mm-hmm. things you might not want them to find and they're interacting with other people and they're seeing other people's lives in real life. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't think you should limit screen time because I know, I mean, even my sister, she was very, she would limit like 30 minutes a day and I always felt really guilty for not doing that. But my kids have never really had, like they can, they'll watch a show in the morning, but then they're not glued to it. Mm-hmm. And even Radley traveled with me so much when he was little, like when he was two and three. And so my iPad became his iPad and we put little shows and games and there's some amazing apps for kids. There's um, Endless Alphabet, Tally Tots apps. There's all these like great educational apps that just feel like games to them. And I swear that's why he knew like his colors and his numbers and all that stuff so early. But then I feel like when it crosses over to addiction, something about it being close to your face, held in your hand where you can walk around with it because I do that. And part of it is work-based. It's like my mobile workstation. But I feel like it goes everywhere with me. So then when Rad's carrying his computer around the house or carrying his iPad, that crosses over to me in that thing of where he doesn't want to put it down. And then the next step to me is like, when do they actually have their own phones? And when do they get social media accounts? And when do they start having the ability to get on the internet? Because that's when I think as a parent, I get really scared. And I'm like, what kind of parental controls do we have? And Jen, you're like a little ahead of us on that with what you've experienced. I mean, we don't let our kids have we did in the very beginning let our kids have TikToks and we also don't um, allow our kids to have like Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. The kids have Facebook Messenger, you know, like which is mm-hmm. like a text platform where we have to approve who they're interacting with. And That's how I interact with my nieces and nephews in yeah. Ohio. They send me a really cool email once a week that's basically like everyone that she's talked to, the people she's interacted with the most. And it's kind of fascinating, actually, for me to see, like, some of the people she chats with the most are people I never would have thought that she had any kind of, like, real relationship with. Brad does that with his cousins in South Dakota, and it's so cute. It is. 
I did a little research and I found this website called habits.com. So this was research that was done in 2018 and it's five shocking facts you probably don't know about screen time and kids health. Um, Number one, tweens spend less time outside than prisoners. Yikes. Um, And there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of information below that. Number two, one in four kids thinks video games are exercise. For your thumbs. Number three. (laughs) Four in five tweens or on social media by age 12. Number four, six out of 10 kids don't get enough sleep. And number five, the average age for a child to get their first smartphone in the U.S. is 10 and a half years and Hmm. falling. I was wondering about that. You know, what's interesting hearing that, that statistic about a 12 year old on social media. I mean, obviously I have an almost 11 year old, but when you consider that 12 year olds are in middle school, now I don't think that my middle school self would have been able to handle any of that, but middle schoolers are like middle schoolers, right? And so all have social media. Is it, I don't know. Like, is it? My niece is 14 and she's not allowed. She has Facebook, but it's, she's, doesn't have any profile. It's super private and she's only allowed to message family, but my sister won't let her have it just for the sheer fact of the bullying that goes in place and (laughs) all of that. My, it's just, it really ties in with our bullying episode. That's one of the things that really scared me when we watched the social dilemma is that the statistics for preteen and teen depression, and then also suicide are rising so quickly, particularly with preteens. And so the people in this documentary who created a lot of this technology, their kids, none of them are allowed on social media and, and very little screen time. And, yeah. and the ones that do let them say not till high school, because I think it's just such a formative time. You're just figuring out who you are and you're, you're so awkward anyway at that time. Another thing on the documentary they're saying is like, we are wired to receive criticism and judgment from the people who are around us. Yeah. We're not wired. Our brains are not wired to be able to process that kind of judgment from 10,000 people. Right. So while the technology has spiked, our brains have not evolved at that same rate to process and comprehend what that means to our psyche. We all post on social media a lot because it has all been a huge part of our careers. I mean, Kayla Straps is pretty much all sales come through Instagram and Facebook. Like if I look at my conversion pixels, it's all Instagram and Facebook. So I have to post on there quite a bit. With hosting things and doing events, I have to post and let people know, hey, this is what I do to generate business and income. And I know that's how both of you have navigated your careers. And so what I will say is I have these conversations. I had this one conversation with my sister and she's like, oh my gosh, you share everything on social media, blah, blah, blah. And I think there's a huge misconception with people sharing on social media when it's creating a livelihood versus the addiction of just constantly browsing and stalking. And and when I say stalking, I don't say that in a negative way because I just mean like, checking out everybody. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with sharing family pictures or stories or anything like that. It's really the consumption of it that becomes a problem for each individual. And honestly, if I can get locked in and sucked into Instagram or TikTok and I'm a grown-up and I understand that the whole goal of these algorithms that these programs use is to keep me attached to my screen, I know that. And I also know that I shouldn't let anything I see on social media affect how I feel about myself. And still it does. And I'm a grown-ass woman. 
Yep. And so I think maybe they'll grow up smarter and more capable than we are and honestly have a little thicker skin in a different way because of it. Because yeah. I'm in, Jen and I are in that transitional generation where we weren't raised with devices in this tech, but we have had it from such a young age that it's a big part of our lives. And our kids are just born up into it. Like my kids know what social media is right now, even if they're not on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think keeping that hidden from them as long as possible is really important. Like I'm, I'm clearly super liberal with the devices, but I can't imagine Ava keeps asking for an Instagram account and I keep saying no, because I see some of my friend's kids accounts and it's horrifying. So I'm, I can't even fathom letting her into that world right now. And granted she, she has access to other things like you were saying through her Chromebook or whatever, but those things have firewalls. And then we have other protections. We love the circle by Disney. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a device and you can set all kinds of incredible restrictions. You assign a device in your house to each person and anything that connects to Wi-Fi from a printer to a television has a name in your list of equipment and you assign it to someone. So if I assign Charlie this particular TV, this gaming system, you know, whatever it is, like a phone, like my old phone, you know, a, a Kindle, I can shut it off. I can set time limits for total during the day. I can limit certain websites. I can give him a reward of extra like 15 minutes. Um, I can shut it off by a certain time. Those kinds of things to me are just crucial. It's like, that's how you take technology and you sort of help it work for you in managing itself, basically. When do you plan to actually allow your kids to have social media accounts of their own? I have no idea because I'm just not there yet. I, I feel like I'll know when it, when the time is right. Like I've always said our goal as, as parents is to use elementary school years to like help our kids form the skills they need to like navigate relationships and build confidence. And then middle school is that time to kind of take your hands mm-hmm. off and let them fight their own battles and let them have their own relationships kind of in a, like a, a soft launch way, you know, and then <laughs> really when they just get a lot more autonomy, but I, I don't know. Our, our kids also know that like privacy is, is not a right in our house. It's a privilege. And I know that's a really controversial topic for a lot of people. I love that you just said that. Yeah. It's, I it's feel a, strongly about that. Yeah, me too. I, and I happen to, this doesn't happen very often. I will be honest. I don't, I don't often pick up like Ava's iPad and look at it and so you know but every now and then I do and she knows that that could happen at any time and I just I have to say I was really proud of her this morning because I picked it up to give to Evie because Evie was freaking out crying she was gonna wake the rest of the house up and I needed my phone so I was like I was like here take Ava's iPad but I noticed that like she had been texting her friends these very uplifting wonderful like pictures of things like you're such a wonderful friend thank you for being part of my life and I was like this is why this is so good in moderation so anyway well I I think yeah it's amazing if we can take the positive things and also let them experience that and let them know that that's what it's supposed to be and that's what it was meant to be because even these big tech companies are starting to realize they've created a beast and that it's creating self-esteem issues it's creating division I mean the it's, division it's, is probably the worst part. Okay. I am going to be that mom who has my kids' passwords, and I'm going to be, like, checking in, seeing yep. what's up. Yep. 
seeing what's going on. I thought about getting Rad a phone and instead we got him a GPS enabled watch because he was taking the bus home and the bus kept running late or early and I'd be standing at the bus stop for a billion years and be like, I have no clue where my kid is. He's 25 minutes late and I don't, I didn't like the idea of not knowing where he was and then there was one time that the bus then came really early and passed our house and he was scared and so we got him a GPS enabled watch and it's awesome because I can see within a couple blocks where he is and now he can do some really basic texting with just the people that we assign and it has a mode where it turns off for school it's like school mode so he can't play on it and stuff like that is so cool i feel like it's like for safety kids being able to be in communication with their parents more readily do you have the gizmo it's like the t-mobile kids okay. smartwatch. so i was gonna say we have the gizmo for all of our kids and what's mm-hmm. neat about it is it will pinpoint to the exact house and amazing. if they're at school, I can find out whether they're in the cafeteria or the gym. It's like, it's, it is so helpful to have that. That's so, cool. yeah, just, especially like in our neighborhood where our kids are outside all the time. And I don't, yeah. I've told, I mean, everybody knows this. I'm not a hover. Like I want them to experience life and be independent, but clearly we live in a very different time uh, than when we were growing up. So there is no, you know, leave at eight in the morning, come back at six o'clock for dinner kind of living, yeah. but I do want my kids to be able to go outside and run and explore. And, you know, they can't go in people's houses without asking me. And, you know, they're really not even supposed to go in people's backyards without asking me, but just as long as they're in our cul-de-sac, just go have fun. And I can kind of find them at the drop of a hat, but. And that's great. It is. It's just, it is hard to take your hands off your kids. So I'm with you, Corey, those watches. Well, well I won't need a watch because I'm pretty sure Loxley was microchipped. Good. Can I get one of those? I would microchip my kids in a heartbeat. If I, I could. swear. I swear. When they took her to the nursery when I fell asleep and she comes back and she has a red dot on the back of her neck, I swear they microchipped her. Interesting. Well, as long as they give you access to that microchip. I want the access. Guys, this is a really crazy girlfriend story when I was Jonathan's girlfriend. I didn't tell him this story until after we were married. So you guys remember MySpace? I think we were dating maybe a year. I got really insecure because he had an ex-girlfriend that messaged him on Facebook. And what she didn't know was that I created his Facebook account because I was like, I want you to like get on Facebook and like see what my family's doing. And we were dating a year. So she reached out to him on Facebook, didn't know that like I made him <laughs> You're the a girl behind account. the curtain. <laughs> yeah. And it started this huge conversation like between me and Jonathan about like this ex-girlfriend who was supposedly the one that got away, which is so stupid now because you know like how insecure you kind of ha- are in the beginning of a relationship, whatever. So one day I got on his old MySpace account because I wanted to see all of these messages that they used to have when they dated, but I didn't know his password. And so I created a new one. And then I realized that it went to his email. And so then I had to hack onto his email to delete that I got a new password. And what happened was I went down this rabbit hole and read all of these messages from his previous relationship, which was my own punishment. And then I had to hack onto his email and like delete all of the, oh, your password. You to my were like the crazy girlfriend. Crazy, crazy. And so that's why I didn't tell him until after we were married. I said, okay, so the craziest thing I've ever done was <laughs> this. And then what this is even worse. So then it logged on saying that like, Because I don't know if you guys remember with MySpace, it used to say when the person logged on, like you could say, hasn't logged on in a week, hasn't or logged on a day ago, whatever. So then I just deleted his MySpace account because I didn't want him to ever log on and see that like 
it was recently logged on. So and I he just, was clueless about all of this. He was so clueless. I think I was on our honeymoon and we were like joking around, like just like doing funny like things. And I was like, so about a couple of years ago, I did a really crazy like girlfriend move. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're psycho. Well, for anyone listening that doesn't know this, still sometimes Kayla will get on her husband's um, socials oh, yeah, this is true. And, and write messages to herself. Like, oh, babe, true. you look so cute today. Or like, oh, I just, we're just the best couple. We are couple goals. <laughs> so if you ever think John's being sweet on his Instagram, sometimes like I'll comment on my pictures like hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, back in the day, you remember if you wanted to kind of stalk an ex or like a current anything you would actually do a drive-by you'd get a friend and be like let's do a drive-by or something like that and then now it's just all online yeah when ty and i were uh first dating we were already serious and he was talking about our relationship a lot on the air and i had someone message me on facebook and basically say, hey, I don't know if the relationship you have with Ty is just for radio, like made up for radio, but Ty is actually my boyfriend and <gasps> we talk all day, every day. And then at the same time, he got like this care package that was like, hey, babe, I've missed you. Here's all your favorite candies. And it was like Pop Rocks, which Ty doesn't even eat candy. And I knew him well enough and like his schedule, like it, like it would allow him to talk to anyone all day, every day. But he was so mad because had I been any less secure than I was in our relationship, had we you were been doing me? long distance. I, I was yeah, terrifying. We were doing long distance and he was livid. And he was like, you know, that's not true. Da, 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 da. And, and I did. If you really were his girlfriend, why would you be so kind about his radio girlfriend that you right? didn't know about? It didn't make any sense to me. And the fact that someone can needle into your life like that, that's where I get protective. God forbid, like a cult target your kids and yeah. start. Well, you know, I, I will tell you recently, my husband's cousin had posted something on Facebook that I thought was like, really interesting article and we were talking about it and this girl didn't like what I said. Like she, she just didn't, it had nothing to do with like anything serious. She just like was being absolutely crazy. And I was like, simmer down there, firecracker. Like you're, you're, you know, take it down a notch. Right. She went to my company's Facebook page, like my own company. She went to machine media group and messaged the company telling them that I was a horrible person and a horrible representative of their company. And I was like, it's me. Wow. Yeah. Like she doesn't know me from I've never met me before. And like that, that I was know. her like cyber <laughs> revenge was to like try and smear someone's name with wow. their business. Yeah. On the opposite end of that, I've lived far from my family since I was 18 years old. And I think most of you guys have always been distance from your relatives. And it's really beautiful that Loxley gets to FaceTime my mom every day and she's growing up being able to see faces. And I feel like I am so much closer to my nieces and nephews since we've been able to do Facebook Messenger and FaceTime versus even five years ago when Facebook Messenger wasn't as prevalent and FaceTime was iffy with service. And so it's kind of been an awesome thing. Yeah, I feel like no time has passed with friends who live elsewhere because yeah. you know what's yeah. going on in their lives. And I don't really want them to stop sharing those things. Right. It's really the 
the algorithmic targeting that's so yucky, you know, and it's, yeah. um, I think the way they put it on the documentary was that Google is like a giant mall, you know, you're just being targeted, targeted. And after I watched that documentary, I went and unsubscribed to a ton of emails because I just basically use that a lot for like discount codes and stuff. And I can sign back up if I need to, but I'll get hooked into something and be like, Ooh, like blah, blah, blah is having a sale. I yep. need this. And yeah, and I didn't, I had never thought about that thing before I was targeted with an ad. I just texted uh, Ty last night and I'm like, oh my gosh, Facebook knows me because we've been keeping up with the Packers games and like Fan Edge kept giving me discounts on these, like these cute junk food Green Bay Packers t-shirts. And I'm like, this, I love this. This is perfect. Do I think I actually need a Green Bay Packers tank top right now? No. But do I want to go buy it now? I mean, you and I, Kayla, we keep buying boots from Sorrel. Do you know they're in my feed all the time? Because they know, but that's where it's gone this other level. I mean, not to mention hacking from other countries. This episode brought to you by Corey and Kayla's Sorrel addiction. <laughs> I think the worst thing you can possibly do on socials is keep following the suggested video wormhole. You know what I like get that. pinned is the Dr. Phil videos. I don't know what makes the algorithms like <laughs> check like, oh, she's going to watch Dr. Phil. I think it's because I'm constantly talking about my feelings. Um, but and I picture those three guys behind the, the computer. I know. And they're like, like Dr. Phil, Dr. <laughs> Phil, Dr. Phil. I'm like, what is going on? I do feel like these companies that didn't create this stuff to be evil are aware now. I mean, I've even seen there are so much more self-accountability um, on your devices now with being able to track screen time and you can set a timer on Instagram and you can do the do not disturb settings and the sleep yeah. settings. And I'm starting to turn all of those on. And one of the really big takeaways from anything you read about how to get unaddicted to your phone is to turn off notifications. Yeah. But most of the time it just annoys me. Mm-hmm. Like the only notifications I really want is if Uber Eats is going to give me 20% off my next order. Right? That's all I care about. <laughs> but I actually think, you know, like coming full circle here, I love what you said, Jen, about the messages Ava was sending her friends. And I think almost like over-educating our kids, just like with bullying, how if you let them know what it is and how it can be bad, maybe it's also about educating them on how bad things can happen and how it, social media can make you feel bad. Like I don't, no one ever held my hand and said, hey, if you get a, an Instagram account, you might feel real crappy about yourself sometimes. But I was a grown up. And so maybe if we do that with our kids, we can help them to spread positivity and yeah. put messages of goodness and help them to be a force for positive change with socials, with this generation moving forward. We also have to model good behavior, which is hard when my two-year-old can't tell the difference if I'm on my phone returning a work email or I'm on social media. But I do think it's important to, Ty and I can be really bad about being on our phones because even just being a songwriter, I'll just pick up my phone to write ideas down that I don't want to lose or like to put something on my to-do list. And so, so much of my screen time is not me scrolling social media, even though I'm not saying I haven't gone down that rabbit hole, but I do think it's important to, like, I want to read the news while my kids watch Blaze in the morning. But they yeah. actually care if I, Mom, are you watching? Did you see what Blaze did? And I'm like, oh, that was great, you know. But it actually is meaningful to them to not have parents whose noses are in their screens all the time. So I feel like that's on me. That being said, I want a moment of truth. 
What is everyone's screen time on their phone? Oh, mine's probably like mine's. How do I do that? Click on see all activity. Oh, oh, oh. most used YouTube kids seven hours. <laughs> okay, so is mine, that for like a week or what is that? So mine, I spend the most time on text messaging. What's I your think. daily average? What are your daily averages? Oh, mine. My is daily hours. average is four hours and forty six minutes. Mm-hmm. What was yours, Jen? 631, but again, I share my phone. Two hours and 26 minutes. That's way lower than I thought. Do you turn your apps off when when you're done with them? No. Does that matter? I don't know if that matters. No, I never close my apps. In fact, Ty will be like, your phone is dying because you have a hundred apps open. Yeah, because this says like, I, I don't know how it's right because it basically says I spend four minutes on my phone, like phone calls, which is not true. With Kayla straps and sewing, I use my calculator all the time and it is my second most used app. It says that I'm on my calculator two hours a day. There you go. (laughs) Mine says Netflix, then it's messages, Mm -hmm. which Uh has been higher this week because I've been, well, Ty's 40th birthday is tomorrow. And so I've been doing a lot of planning on there. Then is Instagram, which says average of 43 minutes. But a lot of that is not me scrolling. It's me posting. Yeah, mine's 24 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Isn't that and then, funny? Like looking at that, I, yeah. I've never like looked Mine's at like that. Mine's like news Dropbox yeah. because I also listen to our files and also song demos and stuff like that on Mine's music, Dropbox. calculator, messages. Calculators. Um, you're just on there doing math. <laughs> but none of that stuff's even on here. Like Google Drive, which I feel like I'm on a lot, is not on here. It's Isn't so that funny? Oh, like, look at your like, pickups. Ring. My ring app. That's, that's funny. This is what people know we spend our time on. They yeah, like they know all so this. The, the here's people in the cloud. It does say my average daily pickups is 55 times. Where do you see I that? I pick my Ooh. phone up, which is probably true because I pick it up and put it down. It's not It's not that I'm picking up and turning it on. Yeah. I, I, maybe I am. Who knows? My, my oh, my gosh. Right. I don't even want to say my number. Oh, my God. Say it. 144 times. <laughs> I'm 36. And I'm the one that's against it. And I that's... use it the most. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I pick I was... up my phone 144 times a day. That's that is hilarious. hilarious. I was trying to do a little research on, you know, ways we talked about modeling good behavior. I think the time budgets are important. Jen, what was the name of the, what's the Disney device? Circle. And that's an actual device you get. Yes. So yes. also okay. I, I personally have heard good things about Bark, which kind of tracks yep. emails, text, screen time, there's parental alerts, and then Net Nanny. But if you have an iOS device, Apple has a ton of stuff built into your phone then there's also an app called freedom that works for grown-ups where you can block the apps and websites that distract you which i feel like could be kind of awesome i want to download that that idea i know a lot of listeners will have kids a little older than ours so i'd love to know about um apps that you recommend and then techniques for helping with this kind of thing like when did you let your kids on social media do you let them on there at all how do you limit their screen time what have you found to be a healthy balance and is it working? Because I think that we're like a guinea pig generation with our kids where we're sort of like more immersed in it than ever and we're all just kind of like figuring it out. Please reach out if you have something to add to this conversation because this is going to be an ongoing one. And you know what we're going to say? Follow us on our <laughs> social media. My name is Mom Official. We promise not to stalk you or say anything mean. We promise to try to spread positivity. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we have some great episodes teed up. What to do when you disagree with your village. We have an episode on my two moms and a much anticipated episode on postpartum anxiety. Thanks for listening, guys. We will check in with you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Your name is Mom.